You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. It's Victory Friday, which is a lot like Victory Monday, only better because it's Friday. The Green Bay Packers go to California and they pummel a shorthanded 49ers team 34 to 17 in a game that wasn't even that close. In fact, it was 31 to 3 going into the fourth quarter. The Packers had a 21-3 halftime lead. They add to it. And not only did the Packers offense come to play, the defense did the same. And that was the concern, right? That was the concern coming into this game that Kyle Shanahan was enough. That this defense was not going to be up to the task of slowing down a 49ers team with Nick Mullins and various assorteds. That they were not going to be up to the task Just schematically, Kyle Shanahan was going to be so good, so far ahead of Mike Patton that it wouldn't matter that they don't have Trent Williams, they don't have Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or Kendrick Bourne or Jimmy Garoppolo, and they could just take anyone, put them out there, and they could handle this Packers defense. The Packers defense held the 49ers to 55 yards on 17 carries. That's a 3.2 yard per carry average. And the lone touchdown came at the very end of the game. One of the most garbage, garbage time touchdowns you can possibly have. And you can look at the box score and say, okay, Richie James had nine catches for 184 yards. About half that came in the second half. And the rest of the team did basically nothing. This was a team that had three points through three quarters. And that's what the Packers defense should have done. But you know what good teams do? They beat the crap out of bad teams. And the 49ers, as currently constituted, are a bad football team. Now, Green Bay's offense is really good. And the 49ers defense was still 12th in DVOA and a top seven run defense. And Green Bay hangs 34 points on them. They put up 111 rushing yards and they were able to be, you know, pretty effective, all things considered. You know, the the fact that that Aaron Jones is coming back from injury. They had to reshuffle the offensive line. David Bakhtiari is out. Rick Wagner gets hurt during the game. But it wasn't just the offense that contributed to the defense. 
playing better. You know, I've said all year that the the best run defense that the Packers can play is Aaron Rodgers in this offense. Well, the actual defense played well too. And this was Darnell Savage's best game of the season. Had a dropped pick, but still had a great break on the ball, made a great stop and run support. And this team was flying around. They came out with the energy that you need. Zadarius Smith gets a sack fumble. Preston Smith flies off the edge, creates a pressure that turns into a Raven Green interception. Rashawn Gary's playing hard all over the field, making plays. I mean, even late in the game, on a third and long, he's chasing down a receiver on a receiver screen to tackle him short of the sticks. That is the kind of effort that this team needs to be giving. And that's, you know, Chris Barnes gets hurt in this game. Oren Burks has to come in, leads the team in tackles, and and had a a TFL. You have... No Kamal Martin. So you, you have to have Oren Burks come back and play that, that weak inside linebacker spot. And then, you, you know, you have the injury to Barnes. Ty Summers has to go out there. He makes a terrific play on fourth down on a QB sneak to stop Nick Mullins. This was a game where you needed your dudes to come play because you knew Shanahan was going to have a plan. And they did. Guys played gap sure on the defensive front. They got penetration. Montrevious Adams played well. Dean Lowry played well. Tyler Lancaster played well. And then you you got the tertiary pieces. Raven Green gets the interception. Kadar Holman has to come in and play snaps because Jair Alexander gets a concussion. You're already without Kevin King. And by the end of the game, you know, Stanford Samuels is out playing there. And yeah, they had some confusion late in the game, but it was not material to the outcome. The game was over. Really, from the start of you know the fourth quarter on, the game was over. And the Packers have had a lot of games like that, where the score does not reflect really the way the game flowed because by the fourth quarter, the game was over. That's what this game was. Green Bay's defense is not fixed now. And I don't think anyone is going to say that. But what we can't do, what we can't do is say, well, it was against a bunch of backups. We can't do that. And why can't we do that? Well, because so many fans, and and I, I don't even think it was just fans, because the Fox broadcast opened the show, opened the game, talking about how, well, We think even with all these injuries, Kyle Shanahan is just that good and this Packers defense, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Troy Aikman all but said, I think the 49ers are going to win anyway. I mean, that was the tone of the introductions there. And a lot of Packer fans, especially on Twitter that that I heard from, were really nervous about this game precisely for the reasons that we went over. Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. And, you know, no one had really heard of Raheem Mostert last year either when he put up 350 million yards on the Packers in the NFC Championship game. The the Shanahan tree is famous for just inserting running backs and you get a thousand yards. I mean, Mike Anderson, Olandis Gary, it seemed to be just as good in that Broncos offense as Terrell Davis. Not not quite, but you 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 understand the point. So we can't we can't pretend like that sentiment wasn't out there. We can't pretend like there wasn't a lot of consternation in Packers Nation about this game, even with the injuries, even with the COVID, especially on the short week and especially on the road. We can't, we can't pretend that that did not exist. So a week from now, 
we can't be sitting here talking about, oh, the 49ers, the defense, it's, you know, it's nothing, that team sucks, and they didn't have their guys. Okay, then how come going into the game, you were so worried about this game? You were so, and you were sure Mike Patton was going to get fired. And and I got texts on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline. I got DMs on Twitter. After one drive, one good drive by the 49ers, eh, fire Patton. I'm, I'm over it. I can't see it anymore. And then what happens? You know, multiple turnovers forced. You get the fourth down forced. Even in the second half, when you're hemorrhaging bodies, when you're paying, playing backups to the backups to the backups at some positions. And Green Bay is is playing hard. They're rallying to the ball. Yeah, they blew some coverages. They blew some coverages against Richie James. And they, you know, they they had the big play on the the field goal drive. And they had the, the big play later in the game to Richie James. And there were some some misses here and there. I don't want to act like this was a perfect performance by the Green Bay defense. It was far from it. But Green Bay needed to go out. And I don't want to put the bar at not get embarrassed. The bar is higher than that. If you're a Super Bowl team, the bar has to be higher than that. Green Bay's defense didn't go out and just not get embarrassed. They didn't go out and just not be terrible. They went out and played well. And they created turnovers. And they did something that they hadn't done all year with the turnovers. And, you know, the some of the, the yardage numbers, I mean, San Francisco did decently there, 337, you know, 6.4 yards per play. Those are nice numbers. Green Bay outrushed the 49ers 2-1, to 111 to 55. And a lot of the passing numbers came in the second half when the game was really already decided. Green Bay also forced the 49ers one for three in the red zone. Green Bay has been one of the worst red zone defenses in the league. You would expect over time, that that would normalize a little bit. So this is for sure an encouraging performance by this Packers defense because if they had gone out and played poorly, you would have just said, season's over. Season's over. If they couldn't stop the XFL 49ers because Kyle Shanahan is just that good, then in the playoffs against Sean Payton and Drew Brees, or against you know Tom Brady and their weapons, or against Russell Wilson and those guys, you just feel like the defense has no shot. It's over. Just go home. It's fine. Everyone will be safer that way. You don't. You won't risk the players' health. It's fine. But that's not what happened. They went out and did what a Super Bowl contending team is supposed to do, and they exerted their will. They made the splash plays, and they frankly, won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball against a team that's pretty pretty well coached. I mean, extremely well coached, but is is pretty solid. I mean, this is a team that I know with Jimmy Garoppolo and some of their other guys, but they just beat the Rams, who are a good team. And it's not like this is, this is some, you know, totally garbage squad. Even with all of the injuries on defense over the course of the season, they were 12th in DVOA defensively. Top 10 against the run. And, and Green Bay was still able to move the ball really at will over the course of the day. So, again, I don't I don't want to act like this is proof that the, the the losses last year were fluky. They weren't. I don't want this to say, oh well, this is this is evidence that you know Green Bay is a contending team because they won this game. No, they did what they were supposed to do. They did what a good team is supposed to do. And I think defensively. If you came into the game with with cause for concern, expecting the worst, 
the fact that they didn't do that and not only didn't do that, but went the other way and played well, I think can be a sign of what's to come for this team. Because if they get Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith playing like we saw Thursday night and Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, and then you're able to bring Kevin King back from injury, bring Jair Alexander back from injury, bring Christian Kirksey back, play with Kamal Martin and and a full complement of guys, this defense can can be nice. I mean, they can be a a quality unit, maybe not a top five unit like we thought perhaps coming into the year, but they can certainly be a unit that can that can be a net positive for you in a playoff scenario. Before we get to more on our victory Friday, this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. So let's talk about the offense because this was the side of the ball that was going to have to perform no matter what happened defensively because all of the major injuries really the new injuries especially were on offense for the 49ers. Ayuk, Ayuk, Debo, Trent Williams, Kendrick Bourne. So offensively, we knew the Packers' defense was going to have a huge advantage. But on the other side of the ball, for the Green Bay Packers' offense, they couldn't do anything in that regular season matchup. And it took them until the second half of the playoff game to really get going. And that game was mostly over. In fact, Rob Domofsky had a great stat in California last year. Green Bay was outscored in the first half 59 to nothing. 59 to nothing. And they were leading 21 to 3 at halftime. The best run defense for the Green Bay Packers is Aaron Rodgers. And without Alan Lazard, without David Bakhtiari, without a 100% Aaron Jones, without either backup running back, Aaron Rodgers goes out 25 of 31 for 305 yards, four touchdowns, and a passer rating approaching 150. And Devontae Adams, a remarkable performance, 10 catches, 173 yards, and a score, including a ridiculous touchdown and a couple of just beautiful transition goes. He was lights out, becoming the first player since Randy Moss to have 600 yards and eight touchdowns in his first six games. Aaron Rodgers also became the first quarterback since Tom Brady to have 24-plus touchdowns and two or fewer interceptions in his first eight games. Tom Brady set the touchdown record that season. Aaron Rodgers probably not going to get there unless he really goes crazy down the stretch. But this offense lit up a quality defense. A quality defense. This was a defense that had been playing well, even with the the problems that they had staying healthy. Jason Verrett has been playing lights out. This linebacker core is arguably the best in football with Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And Eric Armstead is still an outstanding player. They had depth on the defensive front. And we know with Robert Sala, they're extremely well coached. We talked about it with Brian Peacock yesterday. This is an extremely well-coached football team. And the Packers did pretty much whatever they wanted. I mean, outside of the drop by Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the second drive, 
I mean, they they really did whatever they wanted. Whatever they wanted, excuse me, on the third drive. I mean, when when the game was still in the balance, when the game was was when Aaron Rodgers was in the game, frankly, Green Bay had drives of 75 yards for a touchdown. They punted on two straight drives, then went touchdown, touchdown, end of half, touchdown, field goal, field goal. And then Tim Boyle came in and and was the human victory cigar against a top half of the league defense, a top 10 rush defense. Aaron Jones gave them some life. He was their early offense, got them going a little bit, gave them a little bit of juice. Unfortunately, Dexter Williams, who, who I thought started out pretty well in this game, had two carries. And, and showed a little bit of juice on each of them, um, but he hurts his knee. Aaron Jones has to carry a little bit more of the slack than you'd probably want. 15 carries, 58 yards, but was a part of the passing game as well. Had five catches for 21 yards. And the trio of those three, with Devontae, Aaron, and Aaron, it's really hard to find three players this year who have been better in terms of a trio. And... I'll take it a step further. Right now, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the National Football League. He is playing at a level no one else has really approached this year. And I was talking to a friend of the show and America's guest, Jason Hirshhorn, about this during the game. Who is even second? I mean, who is even close to where Devontae is right now in 2020? And that's with missing time. I mean, he's still leading the league in touchdown catches. I mean, you could, I guess, DeAndre Hopkins, he's in the conversation. Justin Jefferson, probably in the conversation. Right now, he is the best receiver in football. And so we can have all these conversations about what's going on at the trade deadline and did the Packers make a mistake by not going to get Will Fuller or or anyone, right? But when it comes down to it, in the playoffs, you need to have your stars. Your secondary pieces are a little less important offensively, in my opinion. You need to have some dudes that you can hang your hat on. And you need to have the secondary pieces not be bad. You need to have competent play and then a couple guys who can just change the complexion of your football team, who can in one play just say, we're going to take this over and there's really nothing anyone else can do to stop it. And like I said, Jason Brett is a really good cornerback. No answers for Devontae Adams. Robert Sala is a really good defensive coordinator. Knowing that the Packers were shorthanded with the offensive line, shorthanded at the running back position, no answers. For Devontae Adams. No answers for Aaron Rodgers, frankly. They stayed patient and they took their they took their shots judiciously. I felt like they were being a little conservative in the first half. But here's the thing: if you are conservative, conservative, conservative shot, those shots can be really effective. Now, I still don't love the the all of the conservatives in between. I thought they ran the ball a little bit too much. I thought they were a little uh, more conservative throwing the ball underneath than I would have liked. But they hit the shot plays. Aaron's at Devontae, they were three for three on shot plays. Marquez Valdez-Scantling hits the 52-yarder for a touchdown, had the early drop. He ends up with two scores in this game. It's like in poker. If you are the, the person at the table who plays tight 
and you're folding hands and you're just, okay, you know, not, not doing it, not doing it, not playing. But the hands that you do go in on, it's because you've got cards. It's because you've got the nuts. And if you understand poker, you understand that that is not a, an innuendo term. <laughs> if, if you play that way, you're really tough to beat. And so I think part of the plan was, okay, the Packers wanted to attack the 49ers knowing that they would be vulnerable down the field. But that knowing that this was a team that was banged up, you wanted to pick your spots in those scenarios. And some of it is just Aaron Rodgers wanting to be a gunslinger a little bit. And, and I think there were probably some plays with Devontae Adams, you know, the, the third down where they where they hit the transition go ball up the right sideline. You know, maybe that's not where that ball is supposed to go on that play design. Doesn't matter because Devontae is just that special. And so when we talk about the offensive design and, and what has been so great about this team this year, Matt LaFleur has certainly dialed up a lot of really great concepts and he's put together tremendous plans and he has taken a step forward as not only a play caller, but a play designer. There's no question about it. But when you have players, we say this all the time, players, not plays. When you have players who can just go out there and exert their will on a game, that makes everything easier for your offense because when it's third and have to have it, then you just call up the Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams play, right? And it and it's really not quite that simple, of course, but whatever your best pass is in that scenario, whatever your best concept is where Devontae Adams is the primary, then you know that's going to work. And and you go back to 2014, you go back to 2011 when, when Green Bay had this with Jordy Nelson. It didn't matter. Who was out there? Who was covering? It didn't matter because when when Aaron Rodgers wanted to get the ball to, to Jordy Nelson, when they had to have a play, they could do it. And it is like that right now with Rodgers and Devontae Adams. When they need a play, they can get a play. And we don't need all the hand-wringing about who they did or didn't trade for. I mean, they got enough from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. If they have this level of play from their big three from the two Aarons and Devontae, and you get a splash play plus an extra touchdown from Marquez Aldez-Scantling, you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose. And that is a luxury that a lot of teams don't have because they just don't have the top-end talent that Green Bay does. This has been the case that I've been making for months now. This team, when it is healthy, is absolutely equipped offensively to score enough points to beat anyone on any week against any defense, and it just does not matter. We saw a glimpse of that against a quality opponent on Thursday, quality defense. You don't have, there's there's nothing you can say about the injuries. This has been a quality defense with the injuries. Green Bay went out and absolutely lit them up. That is a great sign, a great bounce back after last week. They couldn't just do what Mike Zimmer did. It's not a blueprint. Minnesota just played better. Green Bay didn't play well. They come out on a short week. They put that all behind them and they say, okay, this is what we can do against this team. You come out with a great plan. You execute it and you get back to being the team that you know you can be because those three guys 
can take you where you want to go. I want to finish up the show with just a, a little bit of a bow on this week and this game and this win because I, I got a lot of notes over the course of the week, whether it was the Locked On Packers fan hotline, whether it was on Twitter, whether it was text messages from friends and and family members. A lot of people felt like Green Bay can't take a punch. That if things are going to go bad, then they go bad. And that's why these losses have been lopsided. That, you know, you get down early and Green Bay is just going to turtle. I think this game helps undo some of that narrative. And not because it's the 49ers per se. Part of it is that this is the 49ers in Santa Clara, the place where they had their their most humbling games last season. But I think it also speaks to the character of this team with all of the distractions. By the way, they live in the world too. The election is distracting to them too. These are very engaged individuals. They've been engaged politically all offseason. Whether you like it or not, that stuff wears on them mentally the same way it does for you. They were probably up late watching election results the last two nights too. They had their confidence dinged a little bit, I'm sure, by the Vikings. You have a bad game. You don't execute. You feel like, okay, maybe the plan is bad. Maybe you, you start to have that self-doubt. It creeps in. Okay, taking being able to take a punch and recover is not just about what happens in one game, but what happens in the game after, and the game after that, and the game after that. And how you recover reveals a lot about how you overcome adversity. And the Packers have still yet to lose back-to-back games in the Matt LaFleur era. And Aaron Rodgers, we know after a loss, comes out and is just on a mission. That stuff you could question against the 49ers. But on a short week, going two time zones, by the way, where all of the history says Green Bay loses, teams going to plus time zones on Thursday uh, had not won straight up. And I believe had not won against the spread since the Thursday games came about. The punch in the mouth was last week. And you can even go back to Tampa Bay and say, okay, they lost two of three. What is this team made of? A lot of questions this week, including on this show, including from you, a lot of the listeners, people on Twitter, people on talk radio, people on the, the talking head shows on ESPN and FS1 and, and Sirius XM. What was this Packers team really about? What were they really made of? To the point that Troy Aikman is questioning in the open whether an XFL team could really just be the kryptonite for this Packers team and that they were gonna that they were gonna sneak up and win this game because all the pressure was on Green Bay. And by the way, all the pressure was on Green Bay. All the pressure was on this Packers team because of what happened last year and because the 49ers did have nothing to lose with all their guys hurt. Just go out there and play loose. And yet Green Bay was able to overcome the pressure, the adversity. 
They took the punch and they said, this is who we are. This is who we can be. We can be sharp. We can be physical. We can get after the quarterback. We can create turnovers. We can create shot plays and we can run the ball. Even though we don't have all of our guys, we can be a contending team, even shorthanded, even against our arch nemesis, even on the road, even on a short week, even with COVID tests and all of the injuries to our team. That is taking a punch. That is overcoming adversity. And that is what the Green Bay Packers did on Thursday night. We'll be back on Monday. It is Jaguars week. So we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun. The Packers are probably going to be two touchdown favorites in that game. So we'll have some fun next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.